Greetings, everyone. This is Rico, and you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi, episode or podcast number 554 for September 13th, 2015. Uh, the first show after the big 10th anniversary live show from last weekend, which can still be seen, is up on my Vimeo page, vimeo.com forward slash Trekkie. You can see the entire show from last weekend that I did live. I actually did it twice because the first time it didn't save. So, uh, but that's still there for you to view. But today on the show, you're going to get a, uh, a show that uh, I am good friends with and we've shared shows, we've done shows together. But uh, I asked uh, Jen and Angela over on a, the Anomaly podcast if I could replay one of it's a fairly recent episode of theirs from back in July, just a couple of months back. But I enjoyed it a lot when I listened to it, and I thought you might too. If you don't listen to uh, their show, uh, the Anomaly uh, podcast, well, what's wrong with you? <laughs> it's fantastic. It's great. It's it's uh, uh, you know female uh, or geekdom from a female point of view. However, their tagline is. I'm apologizing because I'm slaughtering it, but it's. Uh, yeah, Jen, Angela, Casey, Sue, you know, there, there's there's a just a great group over there that do a, a good show, great shows every, I think they're putting one out every week now about, uh, so uh, yeah, fantastic stuff, go check it out. I, so the show that uh, I wanted to play for you uh, from them from back in July is their review, Jen and Angela on this one, talking about uh, Attack of the Clones, the uh, episode two, Attack of the Clones, the the, the the creepy Anakin episode, as they like to call it. So this one, I think, is fun. You know, Attack of the Clones, I, I've reviewed, gosh, a long time ago. Now, it seems like I, I liked it. I liked uh, quite a bit of it. But there are some clunky moments in it, no question about that. And and certainly the romance of, of Anakin and Padme is, is one of the more... Uh, it's a little... One of the more probably difficult things to... Um, to, to sort of swallow probably in the whole um, Star Wars mythos and trilogy and, and prequel trilogy, I should say. But they talk about it. I'm not going to steal their thunder and say what they say, uh, but it is a lot of fun to listen to. So that's going to be on today's show. Uh, a couple of little things. Uh, I have dues coming up for uh, the podcast hosting fees in September. So two ways to donate to Treks and Sci-Fi, if you would be so kind. Uh, the Patreon effort that I've been doing, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Treks and Sci-Fi. That uh, page over there you can look at and you can just, you know, put a donation, start off at like a dollar, a couple dollars, two, three dollars a month, you know, maybe 20, 30 dollars a year. Not a lot of money, but, uh, it, you know, it's kind of a crowdfunding effort. So the more people that do that, the more it kind of builds up and it's fantastic. I appreciate those already doing that, and if you'd like to uh, check it out, uh, there's some exclusive stuff you can you can get. And uh, just uh, I'm working on uh, redesigning the little studio set here, so that's one way to donate. The other one, of course, you can always uh, do a PayPal donation, and I'll put links in today's shows as well as links to the anomaly episode you're going to listen to in their original podcast notes and and page and everything like that to learn more about them if you don't know about them already. So. Uh, I think that's it. I'll be back with a regular uh, uh, show of mine, you know, that I'll record uh, next weekend, where I'm going to look at the original series episode, uh, TOS episode from season three, 
called Wink of an Eye. So that'll be on next week's Treks in Sci-Fi. But uh, for now, for this week, listen to Jen and Angela from the Anomaly podcast talk about creepy Anakin from Attack of the Clones. Here you go. Talk to you again soon. Anomaly. Something that deviates from what is standard, normal, or expected. An oddity, peculiarity, irregularity, inconsistency, incongruity, a rarity. Hello and welcome to the Anomaly Podcast. I taught my son how to open the doors at Target using only the Force, and I am an Anomaly. My name is Angela, and I can do awkward line readings too, and I am an Anomaly. That was awkward. (laughs) Good job. I agree. It's all about the delivery. (laughs) The execution. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Hello. Guess what we're doing today? Today we're talking about Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones, which I always accidentally call Clone Wars, even though I know that's a total different thing. Because I know it's clone related. It's related to clones. So that's that's how I look at it. Oh, gosh, Jen. Russell, and I don't know where he heard this. Maybe it was from a probably was from a YouTube video. But he made the statement yesterday that all Star Wars movies start in space. And at first we kind of said, oh, yeah, you know, galaxy far away. But then he was like, no, you know, it's actually in space. And I checked all of them and he's right. Even if the first scene doesn't actually take place in space, there's a shot of space. Mm -hmm. And not just the crawl, but after the crawl, it kind of moves to some kind of darkness of space to the stars. And then then something flying or something flying by. I don't know. I thought that was kind of interesting. I think I knew that, but I just never paid attention. It's like one of those things you you know because it's you're just familiar you right know? but you never really thought yeah you never so that makes sense I thought though that. it's kind of like um peter jackson's thing that he would do with each of the lord of the rings movies where when they're traveling they're always traveling the same direction yeah yeah i said so, yeah I just so it's kind of like a perspective thing for star right. wars where you know immediately what the setting you, is yes yeah. so anyway i thought that was kind of a cool thing Oh my gosh, Jen. So overall impressions. uh, So it's okay. (laughs) I I hate this because you want me to start out. No, I I wanted there was something I was going to say or actually ask. Okay. So Jen, Mm -hmm. it is the year 2002 Mm -hmm. and this movie is coming out. You've seen episode one. What possesses you to go see this movie? Um, I think it's just hope that it's going to be better. <laughs> <laughs> Please let it be better. Uh-huh. Please let it be better. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's sometimes what I... I usually skip this one, though, whenever I rewatch... Star Wars. You know, I I've been thinking that 
episode one is my least favorite, but I think the, these two are neck and neck as far as my least favorite Star Wars movies. I, because, oh gosh, there's so many reasons. Well, let, let me, let me start first. So the first scene, uh, we get onto Coruscant or, you know, we're flying in and then there's the scene where the, where the bodyguard dressed as Padme blows up and I actually kn- knew her like in life. You did. I did. I thought I told you the story. Mm. The girl who plays Corday, her name is Veronica Sakura, which is interesting because it almost sounds like a Star Wars name, mm-hmm. even though that's her real name. She was in theater with me in college. Huh. No, no joke. <laughs> really, it's true. <laughs> She's a couple years older than me and she was from Mexico City. And she super smart, cool chick. And I'm not sure how she ended up doing this, but I remember when she that everybody like all of our friends like knew about it. You know, we all knew that she was going to be in the movie and that that she had screen time, you know, with Nellie Portman. And that was cool. So anyway, it was a two seconds and it's definitely her. So there you go. One degree of separation <laughs> away from Star Wars. <laughs> That's cool. Do you have any contact with her through Facebook these days or is she just... No, I haven't seen her on Facebook or anything like that. No, I, I haven't. But she was in the, the first play that I ever did at, at, at Texas State was West Side Story. And she was in West Side Story with me in which we both played Hispanic people because of my dark hair. She was a little more, you know, authentic than me <laughs> because she could actually speak Spanish. We had to speak Spanish mm-hmm. in the in the show. And I just, you know, they gave me the lines and I did them. <laughs> but she actually knew what she was talking about. So, but anyway, she was very cool. She was a cool chick. I wanted to start with nice things. Didn't yes, we do that with the last we one? Did. I, I was going to say, this Go isn't going to be one of those episodes where a podcaster just rips, up, rips Star Wars apart. Even though that's kind of what we want to do. We, I mean, I won't lie. That's, that's not that's our, our favorite. That's what's going to happen. But we're going to try to be fair and talk about the good things and talk about the bad things. All right. After that. Okay. So I, I have a very short list. <laughs> okay. Okay. You go first. Uh, I enjoy the scenes on Coruscant. Not not what happens so much, but just seeing the, the speeders in the air and the beautiful sunsets and the um, uh, Chancellor's office is so cool. I, mm-hmm. I like the sets. Um, I agree. Some I of agree. them, when they start to become too CGI, look... Uh, horrible like the temple i, I do but, like the art direction to a point mm-hmm. i think that again like when once you can really feel the cgi i don't like it but i do like where they were going with it it feels very cool and i guess also you know in between the time this came out and now you know i played all those star wars video yeah, games of the old and, it, and knights of the old republic mm-hmm. makes me think of that it makes me feel like that yeah. so like i've so, been there <laughs> Yeah, it makes you feel like, exactly. And so it feels a little different to watch it and you feel kind of immersed immersed in it. And yeah. so that that's kind of neat. I like but a lot of the costumes, too. Agreed. Just, that's going to happen across the board. I think the costuming, the set design, yep. um, the art direction is really solid, as long as it's not I, too much CGI. Um, I, I agree. And especially some of Padme's costumes. Uh, yes. And her hair. 
And, and uh-huh. not all of her hair. Like, some of it's just weird. But, like, her ringlets, you know, when she's on Naboo and he's meditating. I like her hairstyle there. And um, mm-hmm. a lot of her backless dresses, those wow. kind of outfits, they're really beautiful. I, I love seeing that. I like the textures in the Jedi robes. They're, yes. You can start to see the differences, you know, in um, the materials that they're made of. Let's see what else. And, and the scene at the towards the end after um, they, let's see, Padme and Anakin and Obi-Wan are in the, the what, Coliseum or whatever. Yep. And all the Jedi descend, you know, to defend them. Mm-hmm. I love that scene. I like pausing it and just looking at all the different Jedi. The, yeah. the style. And, and interestingly, one of them is an Asian-looking Jedi, Asian woman. And mm-hmm. her costume, I think, is what the seamstress who created my Jedi costume patterned it after. Well, that's cool. It's it's gray, and it has brown tabards, and it's almost mm-hmm. exactly the same as mine, which I really like. I I like the um, Yoda lightsaber battle with yes. uh, Dooku. Is it Dooku? That goes without saying. Just that a lot of the, the choreography is awesome. Is amazing. And that's something we also talked about when we discussed episode one, that the the effects use for the lightsaber battles, excellent. Uh, very well choreographed, very fun, very much enjoyed all of that. And I kind of liked the bit where you have Yoda limping along as an old man and then, be, you know, being being little old Yoda and then kicking ass with his lightsaber. Mm-hmm. And who were you the one who was telling me that the idea was that Yoda actually didn't even have a lightsaber? There was some kind of EU thing where Yoda didn't even really have a lightsaber. It was like his cane turned into his lightsaber. Mm, don't know that. I don't know. I don't some, think that came somebody Somebody I was talking to, maybe it was Jim or one of Jim's friends was talking about how somehow he used the force to turn his cane into into his lightsaber and vice versa. I don't know. I don't know. This is where the EU kind of goes off track sometimes. Well, I know. But it's kind of interesting because it goes into, and this is kind of nerdy, but so we don't spend the whole episode complaining. It's kind of nerdy, but it's thinking about like, if you're Yoda and you're like so far into the force, like what are your powers? I don't think it would be too out there to think that Yoda is at, is at a place where he barely doesn't even have to use a lightsaber in order to fight. Mm-hmm. You know, that the lightsaber is just like, I don't know. It's just something that he has and that he's really using the force to do almost everything. Cause the lightsaber part of it is the force, isn't it? Like, isn't it powered by the force? Mm-hmm. And so uh, whoever's wielding it, it's how they're connected to the force, how they're able to wield the lightsaber. So, Well, the crystal that it's in, inside of the, the lightsaber is honed to them, I guess. Kind of like, yeah. you know, the, the I always thought of it kind of like the, the wands in Harry Potter, you know, okay, speaking to different yeah. wizards. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's kind of an interesting conversation. And I do always love the Dooku... Uh, is played by the late now the yeah. late um christopher lee uh, christopher lee uh, what a great <laughs> i know perfect person to play that role really really good perfect for that Count role uh, yeah <laughs> i mean he was He's not excellent. a young man then when he no. played that part and no. he was doing some of those the, some of the choreography himself which i thought was yeah. awesome and He's and he knows smart. evil. He's, he's a little <laughs> weird. He's really he was really weird. He was weird, but he was awesome. He but was it worked weird. because he's I don't know. Oh, I don't, it's just whenever you hear his voice problem. and you see him, I mean it just works. 
I yeah. there I do not have a problem with him at all. I think mm-hmm. he's awesome, but he does have he's he was quirky. He was a quirky mm-hmm, dude. Mm-hmm. Well, um, that, also in the EU, I mean, the character of Count Dooku was was always weird. kind of a little stuck on himself because he he was um, he didn't give up his position. You know what, where he came from in the past. He was still sort of mm-hmm. high standing on his on his world, and mm-hmm. he never gave that up. And he always mm. kind of like tended towards uh, an outfit that wasn't Jedi ish. You know, with his cape, mm-hmm. and he's just kind of stuck on himself. Arrogant. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And see, that's you know, that's the whole thing with the Jedi, though, is that that's kind of what leads you in the wrong direction. Exactly. If you if you take on any of those pretenses, that kind of that makes you not a Jedi. That's what the Jedi. Is so much to me like, um, like the Aes Sedai or like the or, or like monks almost, or mm-hmm. you know, it, it's something where you have to commit your whole life to being a Jedi. And if there's part of you that's not that, then it's then then it will completely corrupt the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's like you're you're either in or you're out, and it's that's that's interesting. It's an interesting concept. Uh, so anyway, this is a completely strange observation, but it kind of goes along with uh, what you were talking about as much as I love Coruscant and the fly in there and how like when they're doing that chase scene, they're chasing that the assassin um, at the very beginning. It reminded me of Futurama, like oh, <laughs> like a ding, non-cartoon. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> it reminded me of like a non-cartoon version of Futurama. <laughs> and I, well, I'm trying to think, but no, it would because this would have come out in 2002. Futurama came out in 99, but it was, it's almost like, I don't know. It, it's almost too much alike to be a coincidence, a coincidence. but it has to be a coincidence well, because no, the been, Futurama came first. So anyway, he but it could have been subconsciously influenced. That's true. Yeah. But the, it's very similar. Like when you see the, the way that the buildings are all, all built up, you know, and, and the, the way that the flying cars now, of course, you know, you get that in, um, nice movie with Bruce Willis, um, Oh, Fifth Element, Fifth Element. Yes. So I guess it's kind of like a futuristic thing to have mm-hmm. that. So I guess that makes sense. Well, as long as we're on that topic. Okay. I don't know if we're going to start picking on it now. Yeah. We were going to start picking on okay. it. Okay. Because one, I, I love all of the air 20 cars. Minutes. Yeah. 20 <laughs> One of the things that bugs me the most, it takes me right out, is yep. when the car horns start up. <laughs> that's funny. I, well, that's the thing is that like, okay, so I think that there's all these little things that were thrown in that, see, I don't, I don't mind natural comedy in, in movies like this, especially if the right person is doing the comedy. But I think some of these gags that they threw in didn't work for me. And I think that the, the cars is one of the, that is a gag to me having the, the cars honking at them. The diner and the diner, the thing with the, I'm going to go and hate that. I'm going to go and, and rethink my life. The funny thing is, is that like, I'm sure. Oh, oh, at the bar. Oh, I Mm -hmm. forgot about the diner. Oh, that's right. Oh, anyway. Mel's diner. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So like all of this is just kind of, it's try. It's a square peg, you know. Mm-hmm. I, it just didn't work. There's some sort of earnestness that's lost, and it and that's what I think. It, you have to play everything as straight as possible, and if you happen to have some comedy, that's okay. But 
you can't stick it in where it doesn't belong. And that's where I feel like some of that got messed up. I don't know. If you took those all out. Right. It would be a better movie, even with some of the crappy dialogue. Yeah. Well, but the thing is, and we always go back to how much we love the other ones. The comedy came from a little more of an organic place. Yeah, some of the lines were still a little bit stilted, but... You know, you got cool stuff like when R2-D2 and C-3PO are talking and he's like, no, I don't like you either. Yeah. (laughs) And that's funny, but it works Mm -hmm. within the scene. Is it also the the people who are delivering the comedic lines? Because I think some people are more skilled at comedy than than others and even no. if the line is funny if you deliver it in a i don't know straight well, man okay, can't be that, comedic you know? that's gonna come in that's gonna come in to some of my other conversation can we wait oh yeah because i had something else that might go along with that and you'll understand what i'm talking about okay so I wanted to see if there's an oh i did like i know this is kind of silly but i kind of like that the first villain you run into at the beginning is a woman. Zen. Zen is a kind of a badass yeah. assassin and is a woman. And I think that's kind of cool. And so props to uh, George for that. <laughs> I have to give credit where credit is due on that one. That's like the last nice thing that's done to women in this uh, movie. So we'll talk about that later. Uh, but I did think that was kind of cool. Let's start. Do you want to go or me first? I can start. Are we Ew. gonna? I'm gonna start immediately with Anakin. Oh because God! I, I I get it. He's a he's an arrogant kid who's he's in between adulthood and I mean he's he's approaching the adulthood. Right. He's 19. He's 19. That's what we've he's arrogant. It's been 10 years. I get it. But he and I'm gonna say something that's probably gonna be oh do it. He's a creepy ass creeper. I he's mean, a creeper. He's a creeper. He's and totally a creeper in a weird way. Seeing it again makes yes. me go back to Revenge of the Sith and go, okay, maybe this didn't happen so quickly as I thought it did. Mm-hmm. Because I see him as being a psychopath. Mm-hmm. He has that tendency to, mm-hmm. I mean, and I think it's all his fixation on women. Mm-hmm. Began. I mean, I could see maybe he kills small animals off screen. I don't know. It's just that look in his eye and the way he, some of his lines, even before mm-hmm. he even started talking to Padme, he tells Obi-Wan, I'd much that rather dream about Padme just being around that's her is so intoxicating. Creepy. And it's like, it's so creepy. Obi-Wan, Jen. why didn't Obi-Wan chide him about that instead okay. of you know his his lightsaber skills and, and well, but that's the thing that's the thing though is that like and also i want to say that i i honestly do not blame hayden christensen i feel bad no, no, about that because it's not his because fault. honestly and i i had been going through my life feeling like natalie portman did a good job in this movie she doesn't i used to think that no. she did but she she doesn't and and i don't think that's her fault either because no. she's an excellent actress I've seen her in th- other things that I love her in. She's been an, an excellent actress for a very long time. And she does it. She can't even do it. And that's why I started the show the way that I did. Either she was being directed into a hole where she had to deliver the lines that way. Or she was just not giving it any direction at all. And it was just this dialogue and she was just phoning it in. I don't know. But I think both of them just 
are terrible and their chemistry is terrible. And then you're right. I wrote down, it's so funny you said that because, because I, I wrote down when he says something about how, uh, I don't think she likes me watching like yes. when she's sleeping. Oh, oh I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to have to edit dead. that. Holy, holy. That is gross and horrible. And the way he says it is so gross. And the fact that Obi-Wan let him after he says, I wish I could just dream about her. And and he's mm. the one that gets to watch over her. Mm-hmm. 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 David said something. He said, I'm going to take Anakin's side on this because Obi-Wan is demeaning. No wonder he turned to the dark side. No. Like, okay. Wait a minute. I think Wait that, a minute. No, no, no. Let me finish. I think that he's just saying that it seemed like at every turn the Jedi Council was just like, no, he can't do it. No, he's too old. No, he's they're always telling him what he can't do, what he isn't good at. But I just think he's a creepy dude. And this is is another thing I wrote down about the relationship between him and Obi-Wan. And this is one of those things where it's along those lines of one of those uh, almost a Han shot first thing. Obi-Wan is one of my favorite characters my in this in this whole series, like all six movies. Like the whole idea of Obi-Wan is the wizard and Alec Guinness and and I even think as horrible as as poor Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman were in this movie, I think Ewan McGregor actually does as good as he can do. I think he does a good job playing Obi-Wan. I mean, I think that's the best we could have hoped for with what he was given. Honestly, I think he did a good job. But this whole setting up, like when they're in the elevator at the beginning, basically Obi-Wan is this incompetent Jedi that Anakin has to save all the time. I hate that. Yeah. It reinforces this idea that Anakin has of himself being some kind of Billy badass. And then... (laughs) And then on top of that, you get like, I don't know, I guess I just, I'm just getting myself in trouble again. And he's like, remember when you got yourself in trouble, Master, and I had to pull you out? And it's like, yes, I understand you want to make a three-dimensional character, blah, blah, blah. We're not talking about that. We're talking about a a sweeping fantasy about right and wrong and good and evil and masters and apprentices and a call to action and, and it's the hero's journey. And in the hero's journey... Obi-Wan is not a bumbling comic. Yeah, anytime they they say those lines, it's mm. it's like half-hearted. It's almost like they agreed to the film because it was Star Wars. And oh, yeah, we because all did. of the, the the original <laughs> trilogy, they wanted to be a part of it and then they got into it and they're like this sucks. Mm-hmm. And their heart wasn't in it. You know what I mean? It's like they're doing it but their heart isn't in it. Whereas yeah. well at least I'm thinking that as far as um Natalie Portman goes, especially okay. when she has to give the sexy lines. Oh my <laughs> it's god. Kind of like okay. she's Let like mumbling it. Oh, and she goes and she goes uh, <laughs> when she's the scene where she's all Annie, you've grown. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, God. It's like watching the game. Oh, my God. <laughs> I want to hurt myself. Oh, it's so terrible. But it, it worries for her when Ugh. she's supposed to look a little creeped out, you know, because you can feel the discomfort. I guess you're right. Ugh. Okay. Okay. So I, I, I wrote down a couple of other lines and stuff. When Anakin is talking about the chancellor is a good man and blah, blah, blah. That is so forced. Go ahead. I want because I could keep going. So you no, do, no. do one. You were talking about comedic lines 
mm-hmm. when Obi-Wan says, why do I have the feeling you're going to be the death of me? Oh, <laughs> it goes with the creep factor. Anakin is supposed to be a hero who's they, just not being trusted. He's got so much power. No one knows what to do with him because he's so powerful. And so they're, they are maybe holding him back because of his arrogance. He mm-hmm. knows he's more powerful than everyone else. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I know what it's supposed to be, but it's coming across as he's psychologically disturbed. He is a narcissist <laughs> yes. psychopath. I think that's what it is. He's coming across as that. You're right. It's just creepy. So, well, one of those lines, yeah, go ahead. When she's wearing, like, towards then, you kind of find out that she's, she feels for him too. So maybe she is dressing in sexy dresses to turn him on. But the fire scene where she says, please don't look at me that way. (laughs) And he's like, why not? It makes me uncomfortable. I mean, and then he smirks like this, like, yeah, baby. Uh, (laughs) I'm like, uh, oh. Oh. It. Okay. <laughs> oh my! Oh, you can go on now. I just no, no. Say, I wanted to say that since we are on the topic of how creepy he is, I wanted to fit that in because that one of the only things I like about him playing Anakin is the looks he gives. Mm-hmm. Because I think he does evil really well. Like well, when I he think- turns into Darth Vader in right. the last movie, well, that in the, I think he's good in the last movie. I do too. I like I, him better. It's evil. Also, he's a little hotter when he's evil. But when he's giving those Oddly, smirks, yes, Jen. But we'll talk about that in the <laughs> yeah. next episode. Oddly, but, yes, and maybe there's something wrong with us. We'll we'll figure that out and talk about it when we do <laughs> um, episode three. But but yeah. So so the point is is that there's nothing wrong with Hayden Christensen. No, it's 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 the script and what they're pushing it to be. Because the thing is is that we've already established that they have to fall in love and they have to get together and they have to have these babies. It has to happen. And then he also has to fall under, you know, the manipulation of the chancellor and, or uh, under Palpatine and turn into Darth Vader. Like that has to happen. We know that happens. And so here's the, here's the opportunity for us to learn how that happened. You know, it's like you were, you almost said earlier, like when you see it, you can see the bones of a good story. Mm-hmm. You can, we already kind of know what happened because of the other movies. And so it's almost like what you imagined felt like it was better than what they gave you, you know? Yeah. And so it was poorly executed. It was just so poorly. And, and you can see a good movie. You can see a good movie there, but and maybe that's why I haven't rejected them all the way because I, I, I there are the ones I don't watch as much, and then I do watch Revenge of the Sith more. I don't know; it's a little easier for me to stomach. Okay, so so you have this forced love story, and it is just atrocious. And we were talking the other day about the scene where they talk about, uh, which I think is kind of interesting the politics scene where they talk about Anakin's view kind of showing how he, in his mind that it's not that he honestly kind of thinks that a benevolent dictator would probably be a better idea in his mind. Right. Yeah. And that should have been a red flag to her. There were a lot of red flags that she just, Oh, well we do want to talk about that. How, Padme is very bad at decision making when it comes to guys because she's an idiot. Apparently, 
that's George Lucas's fault because here you have this woman. She's she's a senator. She was a queen. She's a part of the foundation of the rebellion. She Mm -hmm. she should have more stature, but he brings her down in a way that is not just you know like to develop her character more because every good character has a character flaw. Sure, but it's almost like he makes her. uh, Well, and some brilliant people do lacks uh common sense but this is on a level of of this is on an extreme level like oh um you just slaughtered an entire tribe of people it's okay baby let's get married i know like what was it i wrote down the quote she says uh you know i like my quote better (laughs) no i'm serious like like the, the thing that she says after he tells her that he slaughtered all of them including the the younglings her response to him is to be angry is human what? What the absolute? <laughs> what the? Get the hell out of there, lady! Just really, like, what are you? And then thinking? she like plays with his hair. He just killed babies, <laughs> and you're playing with his hair. I know, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I just. I know. I don't. I can't. I can't really. Explain. And I can't even say that it's because that she knows the way the sand people are and she's been affected. She's from Naboo. She doesn't, she doesn't know the know. first thing about sand people. She but doesn't now know she how does, violent they are. And she does she does know that his mother was captured by them. So maybe that's the context she's looking at, but that doesn't that does not justify killing an entire tribe of people. Like that's Psychopath. including it wasn't just the people that kidnapped his mother and, and 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 let's rewind so why did the sand people kidnap me in the first place in the eu and then you i want to know to go back to that but okay there there isn't i don't think there's anything in particular about why and maybe there's a, a novel about leia finding a diary from her grandmother that may explain it i haven't read that one but in the eu the the sand people are always torturing and capturing people it's just oh. the thing they do one of the books I would recommend if you read any book mm-hmm. is Kenobi. Mm-hmm. And it kind of explains more about the way they are. And it's okay. it, from their perspective. And I highly recommend it to anyone listening to this who wants to get into the EU. Read it, read Kenobi. It's not a part of the canon anymore, mm-hmm. but it should be. Because it's one of the best books I have ever read. Oh, so cool. That's I'm just way. curious, you know, for some context as to why Padme be like, you know, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. No, it's it's uh, not. But obviously, okay. he knew it was wrong, and especially if they disagree politically. I mean, like so much. We're we're talking about somebody who happens to be a Jewish leader falling in love with a Nazi. That's what we're talking about. We're not even talking like about- a Nazi who just killed a bunch of people. Exactly, <laughs> and told you I killed them. I that hate them. Is- that is where we are. <laughs> I mean, it's it, maybe they weren't your people. No, but still, it's that that's the extremes we're looking at. We're not even talking about, you know, and and there are extremes in our world, but I don't think it's even that bad. It's very difficult to it's, fall in love with someone that is so polar opposite mm-hmm. on so many levels and hates people and hates people and has creepy looks. watches you while you sleep and watches you makes you uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and also that the last time you saw them was a child yes a cute kid who you were friends with and now all of a sudden you find him hot and you're in love truly deeply yeah 
<laughs> That's that horrible. line is horrible. Okay. okay. Oh gosh, you're right. Okay. Anyway, so there's that, and they get married because they're supposed to because they have to have babies. Uh, sorry, I wanted to bring up his mom dies before she can say I love you. Did you Aww. notice that? Uh, uh, <laughs> Dead. Again, the, his separation at a, a young age from his mother, he's having like mommy issues. And, mommy and, issues. And he attaches himself to the first female that comes along, which is Padme, a you young know, girl. I've watched, I've watched a lot of Criminal Minds, and it kind of reminds me of some of the characters on that show. The people that they, because have you ever watched Criminal Minds? No. Is, it's about a te- this team that investigates serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a similar situation, I think. Mm-hmm. So you get a guy who is taken away at a young age from his mother. He gets mommy issues and then he finds some woman and he stalks her. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then, then, then he manipulates her into falling in love. And then he almost kills her. But we're and, talking about the other yeah. show, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it doesn't. That doesn't actually happen. But like, it could be. It could be a storyline mm-hmm. mm-hmm. from that show, and that's what's weird about it because it's about serial killers. And you know, if that was the intent, develop that more but because what, it works. But it wasn't the intent. That's not the intent because what what the end of of Jedi shows us is that at the end of the day, Anakin was. They're trying to tell us that Anakin was a good man and that he just got seduced by the dark side. That's something yeah. that that Obi-Wan says in episode four, I'm it's in, in new hope. And so it's like, that's what we've been told to believe for all this time. And so we get to this episode and even when, as a, as a little kid, yeah, he's a little snarky maybe. And, and, and funny. And maybe he's angry or whatever because he was a slave, but I get that he was a slave. It's okay to be a little bit angry as a kid, but once you've been trained by the Jedi for the last 10 years, you need to get over that stuff. And figure yourself out. It well, just surely doesn't... you would think that the Jedi, because this is something, you know, it's their tradition to take young children at it very early age. They would have some age. kind of process. They would have something set up to where they could um, counsel them through their feelings about, you know, being exactly. taken from their parents. Yes. Oh, I completely agree. I completely agree. So, so it's like, I, I don't, but the problem is, is that, is that, they're trying to make it look like he's this good guy. But at the end of the day, as far as this sh- movie's concerned, he kind of isn't. You don't get the impression that he was some kind of hero. No. I don't. No. I don't I, feel like he's a hero. I feel like they do a better job in some of the Clone Wars episodes. Yeah, the, uh, the cartoon. The, animated the cartoon. Series. I think the animated completely series. Completely different guy. It's a completely different guy. Yeah. Makes me like the character. Mm-hmm. And so if that's the direction that they went, totally different. Yeah. But right here, it is just him being a psychopath and her kind of falling under the spell of a psychopath. The other thing that's weird to me is that, okay, so you have the Jedi Order and they have all these excuses as to why the Jedi are so completely surprised about this, you know, about the Sith and the fact that there is Pal- Palpatine. There's Darth Sidious, like right with them, like all the time, and none of them knows. None of them can figure it out. Yeah. I, I, well, I don't know. And I realize that it's central to the story. That the whole idea is that mm-hmm. oh well, you know, they're clouding 
the force or I don't know what they're doing, but it's the talent that, that um, Palpatine has mm-hmm. as a Sith is the ability to hide in the force and to manipulate people. He, his master sought him out because of the, the nature of, you know, who he was on his home world. He was always manipulative and, mm-hmm. um, he just learned to use the force to hide in it, you know, to confuse. And okay. and when Yoda actually says, you know, clouded is the future, you mm-hmm. know, but it's dark. He he senses there's something there, but of course, yeah, Dooku's. I mean, not Dooku. Um, Sidious is using this his mm. this talent of his to hide in it. So Yoda's sensing it, right? But he doesn't know what it is. Yeah. Well, that makes a little bit more sense to me. And also, okay, you hear all of this about the Sith. There's only two Sith ever. The rule of two. Mm-hmm. But then there's more, though, isn't there? It, they, see, once um, uh, Maul died mm-hmm. or was offed or whatever happened to him, we find something out. Cut in like, half. Yeah. Um, then he recruited Darth Tyrannus or um, Dooku. Okay. And so once he's executed, then he that's how he brings Anakin in. So okay. there is always a the the rule of two is set up by Darth Bane and the EU and it's just ever since then that's what they they do. Hmm. So but they do have minions. They are s- dark siders, but they're not Sith. Okay. Like Dooku's henchman. I love her character, Asajj Ventress. Oh, Ventress. So she's never actually a Sith, but she's trained to use a lightsaber and she wants to be a Sith. And if Dooku can ever overthrow Palpatine, he probably would, you know, Mm -hmm. make her his apprentice. Mm. So that's not frowned upon by the Sith, you know, having minions that are waiting in line to take your place, because that's the kind of, the, the master's goal is to train his apprentice enough so that if he ever fails in his job his apprentice could take over but you don't give him enough of the knowledge so that they can overthrow you mm. so it's like this back and forth yeah and the apprentice is using the master to learn you know mm. more of the his dark side anyway well that so. actually in its messed up way it makes sense mm-hmm. i get it I get it. I mean, that that's of all the things that don't make sense in the movie, that makes the most sense in within the universe that we're talking about. So that's OK. We do get some interesting things here. Uh, the clones. Obi-Wan finds out about the clones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. And they end up being, at least for this episode, end up being on being the good guys, I guess. Mm-hmm. Have you seen all of the Clone Wars? No. Television series? Oh, you need to really. It it explains so much and it does such a good job with the clones and how they could turn on on the Jedi. It mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. And it's Well, no, awesome. I understand what happened. Yeah. Right? Oh, okay. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I I just um because obviously we're used to that image of the 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 stormtroopers uh being mm-hmm. the image of the of the bad guys. So it's, it was interesting that in this particular movie, uh, when, but of course Dooku was the one who ordered them. And no, so they, 
Who who ordered them? No, another Jedi ordered them. Um, oh. the the one they said they thought he was um, Obi Wan's master, Sifo-Dyas. That was a real Jedi. Oh, who against the orders um, wishes went and did this. This is in I learned this from the EU. So uh, he wasn't a dark Jedi. He was just disillusioned with the way everybody was handling things. He started the ball rolling, and I think Palpatine learned about it. And once this Sifo-Dyas guy disappears, Tyrannus kind of takes over and recruits Jango. I think. Because right. I don't think Jango Fett was lying when he said he'd never met Master Sifo-Dyas. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. I'm not right, sure, so, but I think that's... So we do... So the, so the, And that brings me to something else. The other thing is we do meet uh, Jango Fett and Boba Fett. Yes. So that's kind of a cool twist. I, I did like how that was pulled in because I, Boba Fett was such a good character. And of all the things... And, and you know that this was not part of the original idea like back in the day when mm-hmm. he was thinking about this, he made the whole idea, the whole thing of, of Boba Fett and the Jango Fett work in. And I think of all the things that were worked into these prequels, that to me was the most seamless and, and made the most sense. Like it was like, okay, I'll buy this. I'll buy it. I'm cool with it. Mm-hmm. I'm cool with, with that being kind of the origin of uh, Boba Fett. I knew that he was a clone, but it didn't it didn't really settle on me until I watched it again today where I was mm-hmm. like, oh, duh, Boba Fett is Jango Fett. He's like a duplicate of him. Mm-hmm. I knew he was a clone, but he's a small child. And so I just kind of always thought of him as his son, not mm-hmm. his clone. But didn't, wasn't but, there something different about Boba Fett though? Yes. He was not altered. Like the other clones, they made them more docile and more, um, they took orders from anyone who, you know, was assigned, they were assigned to take orders. Right, from. right. Whereas okay. um, Boba Fett was unaltered. Ah. He was more aggressive and... And more like his father. Yes. Or quote unquote His father. clone, yeah. His original. Interesting. Uh, I like that. That's okay. So that, that worked for me. That worked for me. And I do like the whole kind of research thing with Obi-Wan figuring it out. Mm-hmm. I like seeing that part of the Jedi... Him, and Tamora Morrison, the guy who played Jango Fett, he's uh-huh. a, I liked his portrayal. I thought he did a really good job with, oh, I thought with so the character. Too. I forgot, I didn't get a chance to say, but Ian McDermott, he played um, Emperor Palpatine. Oh, yeah. He's an yeah. excellent actor. And again, it, he was like one of the only actors that George Lucas didn't direct. Yeah. And you can just, you can tell. Yep. Yep. It, because how do you, George, as, you know, like a movie director, direct a Shakespearean genius? He's a Scottish actor and, and director. I mean, how do you tell that guy how to play right. a character? You don't. You let them do their thing because they know what they're doing. Yeah. Oh, I so, can agree with that. I think that so, was wise. Yeah, I agree. So also we have one of Russell's favorite parts of this movie is the battle at Geonosis. Yes. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. And it is funny to me when Padme gets her shirt ripped in half. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. I have worn that costume, though. I have a picture. I mean, I like it, but it's just interesting how the, the animal just happened to rip her shirt off just right there. <laughs> I agree. And is this the episode? Because I didn't watch it the whole way today or yesterday, I just watched parts of it to so that I could remember enough to talk about it. Is this the one where Jar Jar 
makes the decision makes to the give decision the Palpatine, to give the Palpatine ultimate yeah. power. It's all his fault. Remember what I said in our first, you know, in our review of um, The Phantom Menace where I was like, he wanted us to hate Jar Jar. Yeah. And why is he surprised that we do? Because here he is again making Jar Jar the fall guy for giving Palpatine all this power and becoming on his way to becoming the emperor. Mm. It's all Jar Jar's fault. Well, of course, everyone voted for it, but it, you know, Jar Jar Mm -hmm. makes the suggestion. Yeah. So, I mean, I know he's being manipulated, but again, George Lucas wants, I think deep down, he wants us to hate him. I'm just kind of surprised why he's surprised by that. We do. I love how excited you get about this. I, well, I know. Well, you know what? It's funny. I forgot to mention in the, one of the first scenes when um, Padme is in her chambers with Jar Jar in another room and Anakin's watching her and she's like, he's all excited about something. She's like, Jar Jar, I don't wish to hold you up. I'm sure you have some things to do. So it's like, be gone. And like, she just completely cuts him off and turns him away. That's kind of the way you have to handle him, I guess. Also, she shuts down Anakin at one point where she invites him almost, she does invite him to kiss her. He touches her back. He should not have done that. But mm. she didn't say stop. So he leans in to kiss her. She kisses him back. Basically, you hear the record scratch. I shouldn't have done that. <sighs> Leading him on. Bless their hearts. Whether it was the directing or something else, just no chemistry between those two. Just like you don't even get it. Like like I've I've seen movies where the guy is not so nice, but you can see why the girl's attracted to him. You know, like there's movies where it's like, okay, there's like this, there's like a magnetism to a guy. Mm -hmm. And, and, and even though it's, you know, against the girl's best interest or even the guy, like even, even when the girl isn't a good idea, like let's turn it around. And, and, but there's enough chemistry between the actors and it's written well enough that you can go, okay, I mean, no, it's not the best idea, but here's this whirlwind romance and it's, you know, it's all very exciting. Whereas this was just, it was labor intensive. It was just, ugh. I just didn't believe it. <laughs> well, like an example of that where you turn it around, Captain Picard and Vosh. She was yeah. a bad girl. He, he kind of fell for her. Yeah. And so there's an example there, I don't know. I, was, I didn't like them as a couple, but some people did. Well, and it's not but, about that, but you do believe you see yeah. what he could see in her, yes. even though we didn't mess or I didn't necessarily like her or like that relationship. You can see why mm-hmm. it would work. I mean, you, you can see why he would be attracted to her because because it's very different. She's very different than him and makes decisions that he would never make and like things that he's afraid to do. And I, I can see how that would be attractive. I can see that. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you know, in this situation, you get someone who is not just a little bit dangerous, but who's really destructive and weird and, and violent and violent and into you in a creepy way and into you in a creepy way. Yeah. Like he and, probably has pictures of her all over. Well, his. and also a, as a member of the Senate, she knows the rules of the Jedi. Yeah. Like she knows what's going on over there. She should know better. She does to, know better. She tells than, him. Than to get herself involved with the Jedi. I mean, like, she knows that that's a recipe for disaster. <laughs> and so. they do talk about that. Yeah. So, like, mm. it'll destroy our lives. They, they do it all up front. You know, boom, there it is. You know what would it... And this is me totally rewriting history, but you know what would have been better? Is if they would have just had a fling. Yeah. 
follow me on this. Yes. So they just have a fling and she just happens to get pregnant with these two babies. And he pines for her, but she doesn't know about it. And then everything happens. It makes sense because he's pining for a woman he he can't be in love with. And that starts to drive him crazy and drives him closer to the dark side. She, you know, she makes one rash decision by, you know, sleeping with him, but she doesn't actually, quote unquote, fall in love. But she's she she's had all these mixed emotions. She's going to keep her babies. You know, she has to do uh, this. right. You know, like it makes more sense. Like, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. Then because you can understand if, you know, you make one mistake. Yeah, but you make when one you, like, mistake. Dismiss a bunch of evil things that he's done, and you and fall in like, love, and you're like, "Let's get married." I love you, Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> I want to have your babies. He does. <laughs> That's funny, Jen. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm so proud of you today. That was good comedy. I'm proud of you. Um, I, I am capable of it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that was like your your verbal pat on the head. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> no, that was that was really funny though. No, but you're Dexter, you hit it right on the head. As far as Dexter, yeah, it kind of felt a little bit like that. Yeah. Dexter is a bit. But you don't like, along those lines. If she if she did have a fling with him, I think it would have been good to set it up like we were saying that he is a psychopath who's you know the the mis- his mother. No, what happened to him? But this is the reason why he can't be is because of the end of episode six. He can't be. He is because we've seen because that, but I don't know that that was the intention. I, I agree with you. I think yeah. he he when it plays out and and the movie that we looked at today this week whatever, I see a, a psychopath. I totally agree with you. But I think that it was not intended to be that way. Yeah, I know. Because the whole point is that he he starts out as this cute little boy. He um, lets himself get taken over by feelings. He's too powerful for his own good. He gets manipulated by someone. He spends 20 years uh, destroying the universe, everybody in the whole entire galaxy. And then his son almost sacrifices himself and then he's redeemed. So in order for him to be redeemed, he has to start as a good person. Unless he's Dexter. That's not George's intention. I know it's not his it intention. It comes across that way, but that was not the intention. I know, I know. I'm just saying, if we rewrote the movie, if we wrote, how would we, let's rewrite the movie right now. We laid uh, that's it That's what I said. Yeah. Rewriting it as in, so so episode one happens like it happens. You know, this is where it falls apart, is is Attack of the Clones. So with their relationship, she they see each other, there's this spark you know, they both know that it's not a good idea. They get into a situation where they get into this big battle where both of them are fighting and nobody's saving anybody. Maybe she saves him. And then in the heat of the moment, they do their thing. <laughs> in front of the fireplace. Gross. But yes, there's no conversations. There's no falling in love. There's just this. We we just survived something. And, 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 and it's a passionate thing. And then... He goes back to the Jedi where he's dealing with whatever he has to deal with. And he has a good relationship with Obi-Wan. And he is frustrated because the council won't give him more power. And he still has some of these like teen angst things, but he doesn't appear like a psychopath. And then she finds out at the end of this movie that she's going to have babies. 
and then the next whole movie is hit her avoiding him and yeah. then at the end he figures out that he has that you know he he figures out that the twins exist you know mm-hmm. and so it's like you still get the same movie you still get the same four five and six and and that's the one of the things that that pushes him over the edge palpatine um uses that as part of his manipulation go with me because the Jedi are telling you you can't have this relationship you can't even pursue it and she doesn't even want to pursue it because she knows better than to get involved with the Jedi and Palpatine says you know if you go with me we we can get the girl get her for you mm-hmm. and you can have a family yeah and yeah. and then he gets in too deep and becomes Earth Vader I'm just saying yeah, it works. It works better. We, he should have hired us to do this. <laughs> it it's completely been against. I mean, it's completely different. But it but it sets the other movies up way better. I yeah, think. I agree. <laughs> Man, that was an excellent exercise. I feel better. <laughs> also, side note: Jocasta, uh-huh. Jocasta, the librarian from from the Jedi Library. Oh yeah, she reminds me. Of the ghost librarian in Ghostbusters. You know, when she yes. when she comes up to talk to Obi-Wan, mm-hmm. the lighting on her, I yep. just expect her face to go. <laughs> you know? What what is your take on the Camino in the people the Camino what do they call the Camino ins? Yeah, I that like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they're cool. Uh, they're also creepy. You know, yeah, a little here bit they are. Like, this, they sound gentle and their voices are you soft know, and they look very feminine and they're lengthy and you know what? But they also have this edge to them. That they do. Are what creepy. I, what I kind of like about Star Wars in general, as opposed to Star Trek, as and I love Star Trek. Everybody knows that. But everyone's humanoid. Of course, they do explain it in an episode of TNG, but I digress. Mm-hmm. Everyone's humanoid. Whereas I like how in Star Wars, you get a lot of different shapes and sizes of mm-hmm. alien. And, you know, you got your Jabba's and you got your kind of energy creatures and you've got these guys. You know, I think that's kind of neat. The idea that, like, if you're going to, if a life, if life is on a different planet with different atmospheres and different, you know, that that life is going to look different in different yeah. places. I don't know. I think no, that's I agree. Cool. I agree. No, that's definitely kudos to George Lucas for doing that. You know, and, and that's one of the things that he didn't like about um, A New Hope was hmm. his cantina scene. He yeah. was very frustrated with the way the aliens looked. And that's why he really overused CGI in the prequels because he had such a hang up over the way his aliens looked and what he couldn't do back then with. Well, because it was in his head. Mm -hmm. In his head, he knew what it looked like. Mm -hmm. And so he wasn't going to let that happen again. And then he kind of he painted himself into a corner. That's what happened. (laughs) so we fast forwarded a lot i mean you watched it again last this evening too didn't you yeah we both watched it again and what scenes did you not fast forward through oh i mainly watched the beginning okay and then uh i watched a little bit of the the battle at genosis i made myself watch the scenes um, that involved Anakin and Padme, just so that I can write down the lines and everything that bothered me mm-hmm. about it. I just, okay. I just wanted to be able to be uh, to be fresh in my mind, so I can articulate what it was about them that bugged me. Yeah, I and then I made sure that I watched 
the scenes with uh, Obi-Wan visiting Boba and uh, Jango Fett. Oh, Jango Fett. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wanted to watch the scene where Dukala and Yoda fight. You know, and he chomps off yeah, yeah, Anakin's yeah. hand. You know, and that's cool. another thing. Just, and I know this has been said again, but he has a thing about chopping appendages off. Oh, yeah, that's a thing. It's a through line. Like, it is. And especially Obi-Wan, he does that in the bar. He chops off somebody's, oh, Zan's arm. He chopped it off. Mm, he did. Just like he did in A New Hope in the yep. bar. And um, Anakin loses his arm. And in the end, the the final scene when they're getting married... I know this is probably something everybody knows is it's intentionally reflecting this scene of Luke and Leia on the hospital ship after Luke's arm is replaced with a robotic arm and they're standing at the window Mm -hmm. staring out into the distance with R2 and 3PO watching them. You can see, you know, that reflected in Anakin and Padme staring out over the lake with R2 and 3PO. Mm-hmm. That was intentional, and I liked that touch. I think that, you know, those kind of things are okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just when they overdo the, like, I have a bad feeling about this, and things like that, and then sometimes yeah. get on my nerves. <laughs> it's too much sometimes. I agree. Final thing I'm going to gripe about, mullets. <laughs> mullets and Brett hair. Like, the only time Obi-Wan's hair looked good was when he came in out of the rain and his hair was hanging in his face. I was like, finally, he doesn't look polished. I just yeah. want him to look like what he is, a monk, you know? And mm-hmm. he looked like that when he came in. And then in the next scene, I guess he keeps a comb in his robe because it's comb straight back. <laughs> Do you notice that's perfect again? Huh, and I'm no, wondering, I-, I was wondering, I was like, does, did George have a thing like maybe... The costume designers and stuff, I mean, they tousled his hair, they messed it up, and I can see George going, we need to go back and fix that. Or no, something. you know, that could have just been a continuity issue, because I, I've seen that in other movies before, where they just they just weren't paying attention. Yeah. I don't know. Because you have to remember that, you know, it's not like this thing is playing out and they're filming it. Mm-hmm. They film scenes over and over and over and over and they just they take they 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 take one scene and they do it and they do it and they do it and then they and they change the camera and they do it and do it several times so it's not happening in sequence the way that we would think of it and so they they have people called continuity experts and their only job is making sure that those things don't happen but even the best continuity experts get stuff wrong you know yeah like, and that's like a button is missing or or you know in one you know in one in the same scene, in one shot, they'll be their hairs parted on the left, and then the next shot, their hairs parted on the right, and it's the same scene, you know. And it's just because it may have been shot on a different day. On a different day, yeah. like we talk about, we I always talk about how much I watch the behind the scenes of Lord of the Rings when they're talking about Boromir's death scene, and they talk about how he like they filmed all of the stuff on. Aragorn like before lunch and then they filmed everything on Boromir after lunch and how funny that you know he was talking about how weird that was because it's like oh go for lunch and die again (laughs) (laughs) I think that's probably what it was I don't know that it was intentionally like get his hair out of his face it's probably just a continuity thing but at the same time there is a weirdness with the I don't mind the braid though I think that's kind of a yeah, the pad Padawan the thing. Padawan thing. I don't know. Yeah, but but yeah, the mullets are a little much. And, and I don't even think they were in style. 
when this movie came out. I don't think it was that. I think that he just wanted something stylized. I mean, I'd like to defend the costume choice. Not the mullet necessarily, but but saying that this is kind of something very specific that they they made a choice, you know, to do something that I don't know. It's not my favorite, but no, but I get it. Okay. (laughs) Um, One final thing about um, something I liked. Okay. And get your opinion on it because David again had an opinion on it. The scene where Yoda fights Dooku. I oh, made yeah, I, I, we did talk about that. Yeah, Aaron. That's the only part Aaron got to see, and he was he was enthralled by Yoda just jumping everywhere. And David's point was that's a waste of a lot of energy. And I was like, well, how do you, as a creature like Yoda, fight someone? who's three times your size. I mean, think about how that would even be possible. He has to do that. And, and maybe that's why he limps everywhere he goes because he's reserving energy. Also, do you think maybe that is a um, deception that Yoda carries out to make people discount him as someone who would be threatening in a, in a saber fight? I mean, I don't. I don't know that it's an intentional sham in the way that we would think about it. I, I think. I think it. I think that's probably right. It's a way to conserve his energy. He decides to use the force how he wants to, and he wants people to see what they what he wants them to see. Right. I think it, they both probably go hand in hand. So, and, and I think probably Dooku did underestimate him just a wee little bit because he takes off like a punk. I think we've talked it to death. I think we have too. I think I'm, I'm glad good. to get it. Out I, of the I way. hope. I hope when when you're editing, it feels as good. <laughs> yeah, because I think I'm this worried. is just like years of um, swallowing it down <laughs> and keeping it from coming out in other conversations. We're like, no, 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 no. We'll save that one whenever we do the prequels. Don't talk about it now. We've yeah. had a lot of time to think about it. We have. Oh, for sure, we have. And we're not going to promise this is the last time that we'll complain about it. No, maybe it won't. It won't ever be like a specific topic again, but it might come up. (laughs) And for those of you who are going to be angered by what we say, because you were raised on the prequels and they have the same. Well, there are going to be some um, that they do like Anakin and Padme as a couple and they do like everything else. But um, if you want to hear us talk about good things, go back and listen to The Phantom Menace <laughs> because we did have more good You're things to say. You're a lot nicer to we The Phantom Menace. I'm surprised about that because yeah. I always considered that one as my one of my as my least favorite. So I skipped it. I skipped it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Great. So what are we doing next week? I, or not next week, but two weeks next from Next time. Now. Yeah, next time. Um, what Star Trek or I, can do Star I think Trek. in August we're going to do like we were talking about the lower decks with Sue but I think we could do another gaming one or we yeah we could do another our, gaming our, one our 90s like, continue our series on our gaming think, history and talk about we the 90s can, games. we can and and I think that maybe we can do a little blurb about the future of Anomaly I think we're going to be doing a lot of big things mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's kind of cool too Improve, improve, improve. Yep. Because we're uh, growing. Yeah, we're trying. <laughs> we're yeah. doing the best we can. All right. Well, that is pretty much all we can say about that. Uh, and we hope that you enjoyed the show. And if you want to comment, you are welcome to Let's comment. ask them a specific question. Oh. To get, get a conversation going. 
Okay. Well, let's ask them how they would rewrite this movie. Okay. In, what do you think would, would need to happen in order to make this story work? It has to fit with the, the existing four, five, and six. Yeah. Maybe the basic bones, like we we're saying, of the story mm-hmm. of Attack of the Clones, but make it work. What would you okay. do? Yeah. Okay. So you can call us, um, but if you do, that'll probably cut you off after about three minutes. So you can call us and keep your comment under that amount of time, or you can send us a um, a message that you can record on your smartphone or your iPad or whatever and send that to us. We can always use that. You can call us at 432-363-4742. Contact us through our website at anomalypodcast.com. Our phone number is there as well, and a contact field where you can type in uh, your message. Join our Facebook group. We have a Facebook page where we um, post um, memes and funny things and um, our blog posts and our show notes. But we have a Facebook group that acts as our forum. Please join that. We would love to um, welcome you into the Anomaly community. Everybody there is cool. There's at least like 10 posts a day there. There's always there something new. There, interesting it's, it's conversation. a really good place to get some of your geek news I have found. And it's fun because we can all talk about it. Like it's it's our community. So we... It's it's a it's kind of a safe space. I think, I I feel like it's a safe. We've made it a safe place. We've made it. The anomaly kitten has made it a safe. Yes. Place. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime anyone starts to get out of line, Angela posts this picture into, of a kitten. Please remember, the anomaly kitten wants you to be nice. <laughs> and that, that keeps everyone in line. It works. Makes them laugh. And uh, so, and also follow us on Twitter. We're at anomaly podcast. A n o m a l y podcast. We've got like 1,080 uh, followers now on Twitter. You're, you've and been doing, going, you and, going and Casey going. have been doing awesome. Oh my that. gosh, Casey is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> this girl, I should tell, tell you guys about what she did. A publishing company that's uh, an independent publisher who does science fiction books mm-hmm. invited us uh, a couple of months ago to, oh, well, I guess it was last month, uh, to um, participate in a hashtag game. And uh, it was supposed to be comedic. Fake sci-fi facts. Boom. Casey, right off the bat, off the top of her head, comes up with these giant lists of hilarious tweets mm-hmm. and just goes for it. And they're being like retweeted and favorited like crazy. And we had a whole bunch of people follow us after that. That's great. And yes. we've gotten some more hit on our Facebook page, too. Yeah. So that that's all like tied, tied together. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I and I would say in our group, too, is just we're, we're, we get at least one or two people a week on the group. Uh-huh. New. Yeah, so in our Facebook page, we had several new likes. Yeah, so. that's what I was saying earlier. Yeah. Um, so that's that's very cool, and and that is more that is more the us just kind of talking to you about what we're doing, and mm-hmm. then the group is more for for Everybody, the community yeah. to all kind of post and talk and and uh, communicate together. So, yep, very very cool, very exciting. If you like what we do here, it would be so awesome if you could give us a rating on iTunes. Just even if you don't even want to type anything like, I love this show. We want you to be honest. Give us some stars, however many you think we're worth. (laughs) Hopefully you think we're all of them. All of them. We love, like Angela says, we love stars, all the stars in the world. So yeah, do that for us. It helps people not only um, to find us, but they get to see what you think of our show and you can be a part of, you know, helping us find new listeners. And thank you for spending this 
episode with us and listening and please subscribe if if you're just picking and choosing as you go you know what episodes to listen to try them all out they're all good even if you're not interested in the topic we're funny i think we I do think our so. best we do even our moms who are not into science fiction or fantasy my mom does has no clue of what we're talking about but she enjoys our conversations i'm but just saying there are our moms, subscribe though. try them out <laughs> i know that's true and it's kind of lame for me to mention that my mom <laughs> listens to the podcast i don't I mean i i'm very appreciative that she does love you mom oh we have over 300 members in the group i'm very excited about that <laughs> that is an achievement that has been unlocked it is it is <laughs> i just like to see the community growing that makes me very happy so. yes me too so um, go to our website at anomalypodcast.com. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. Join our newsletter. It's going to start going out once a month. And um, it's going to include some updates and some new things that Angel and I are working on. And um, all the blog posts and show notes that you've missed for the month. Once you join that, you will be entered into a contest to win a $50 Visa gift card. All the people who have updated the information, all the people who have joined recently, we're going to put your name in a big hat and have some impartial person draw a name, and we will announce the winner on August 2nd. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Yes, thank you. I'm Angela. And I'm Jen. And you've been listening to the Anomaly Podcast, where female and fandom converge. Support Anomaly through feedback and donations by visiting anomalypodcast.com. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. We like stars. All the stars in the sky. Especially the stars you give us on iTunes. (laughs) To us, you are the biggest star in the cosmos. Go to iTunes and give us a rating. Thanks. You are feeling very, very sleepy. And what you really want to do is go to anomalypodcast.com, click on donate, and help support your favorite podcast. Hey, did you like this episode? Did you like the episode the other month, or the other week, or the one from last year even, because we've been going an awful long time? If you do, then phone us on 432-363-4742 and tell us what you think. Of course, be interested if you can. Don't, don't be one of these people who just phone up and leave really long pauses or you just drone on and on and on. Because who wants to listen to that? I don't. And uh, I'm having to read this message. So go on, phone us up. See if you can do better than what I can. See, I'm very good, kind of. Well, I'm, I'm not really. I'm, I'm having to do it for food and shelter because they, they keep poking me with sticks, the women at Anomaly. They do. They, they, they make me do these things. They make me sit here in front of this microphone and they beat me. So please phone up on 432-363-4742 and help me.
Gamma Quadrant Golf Clap. You've been listening to Treks in Sci-Fi, your weekly dose of geeky goodness and sci-fi entertainment news. This podcast copyright 2008, Rico Dawson.